sometimes. The best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And once again, welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 294. The back of the range has once again arrived in Augusta, Georgia. Back again this year, looking for another special week as the best amateurs in the women's game tee it up for a couple rounds at Champions Retreat before the lucky few get to play a championship round at Augusta National on Saturday. Before looking ahead to the Augusta National Women's Amateur, let's handle some housekeeping items by congratulating the University of North Carolina Tar Heels on their team win at last week's Valspar Collegiate Invitational. The Floridian is an amazing club, and by the way, easily in the top three when it comes to player dining experiences. When you are serving lamb chops at a college golf tournament, you're at a whole nother level. Huge thanks goes out to Jonathan Dismuke, head coach of Houston and tournament host. Also, thank you to everyone at the Valspar and the Floridian for their hospitality that they showed me while I was on property. Make sure you're following Valspar Collegiate on Instagram to get photos, videos, and interviews from that tournament. Now, the individual champion did make it a little interesting down the stretch, but Ludwig Aberg from Texas Tech survived and picked up the win. He is the number one ranked player in the PGA Tour U standings and is in line to get his tour card for next season. Due to his win at the Valspar Collegiate, he can also pencil in a return to the Valspar Championship. That is the PGA Tour version, by the way. So he'll be there next year. People ask me all the time, who is the guy that's ready for the next level? Who's going to make it? And as of right now, Ludwig is the guy. I'll be seeing him and the Red Raiders, along with the best and brightest in the Big 12, next month at the Big 12 Championship in Hutchison, Kansas. So as you all know, I am thrilled to get back to Kansas. Going to add a little work to the mix at a conference championship. Really looking forward to that trip. Also wanted to remind you that a new episode is being released very soon. Episode three of the six-part documentary that we shot last summer, The Story Within, the 2022 United States Amateur Championship. Just to remind everyone, the Back of the Range brought a film crew to the U.S. Amateur last summer. We gathered footage from the entire week, and we made a documentary. The best way to go find it? Head over to the website, thebackoftherange.com. You'll see the link to the documentary on the homepage. That's also where you'll find past episodes, new pictures from tournaments that I've been covering, and the merch shop that has hats, visors, hoodies, everything that you might need. Let's get to my guest on this episode. Appropriately, it's Anna Davis, the defending Augusta National Women's Amateur Champion. Anna burst onto the scene last year after her final round 69 was good enough for her to capture the title at Augusta National. What's happened since? Well, lots of travel, international travel at that. Experiences playing in the Women's British Open, the Evian in France, the U.S. Women's Open, LPGA Tour exemptions. She has certainly seen the world and a glimpse of the future that she is chasing, life as a professional golfer. Now, if you're following the Augusta National Women's Amateur, you'll know that today is the second round 
and that Anna was assessed a four-shot penalty during yesterday's first round. The penalty was essentially two separate two-shot penalties after she incorrectly lifted and cleaned her ball in the rough. During the first round, players were permitted to lift clean in place, but only in the fairway. So the error cost her four shots, since she did this twice in the first hole. Impressively, Anna bounced back and played her final 13 holes at four under par to card a round of 76. She's well back of the lead, but still within shouting distance of making the cut and most likely donning her trademark bucket hat on Saturday. It was a long and taxing day for the 17-year-old. Did she make a mistake? Yes, she did. Will she learn from it? Absolutely. And I think from listening to this conversation that we had last week before the tournament started, I took away the impression that she learned a lot in this past year and will continue to do so. So let's jump into this episode. Anna, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. Um, you know, just just chilling before tee it up next week. So yeah, we're yeah. Uh, it's I can't believe it is literally a year later. Uh, we're on the I know, cusp it's of, crazy. I know we're heading into uh, another Anwa where you're coming in as the defending champion. We are talking just after 9 a.m. just a few days before, and we are both attempting to get as caffeinated as possible before our conversation. <laughs> Um, I'll be the old guy and say I drink my coffee black. Uh, oh. I know. So so what does a uh, now a 17-year-old, happy belated birthday, what is, uh, how, does, how does a 17-year-old take their coffee? Let's hear this story. Um, I don't know. I just I just put in like a few sugars, a few creams, and then call it a day. Okay. It, it, I can't take it black. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, that's it's, disgusting. Thank you. Yes. it's that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's old guy stuff. I understand. It's <laughs> fine. Well, listen, I'm impressed that you're not having it with like whipped cream and sprinkles. So I'm impressed that it's you're actually <laughs> drinking coffee. <laughs> no, just, just for today. I understand. Because I have to, have to be awake. Just got out of, um, I know you're on the East Coast. I know you're you're California native, but you're on the East Coast, mm-hmm. kind of getting ramped up for ANWA. Just got uh, done playing the Junior Invitational at Sage Valley, where you picked up the win mm-hmm. in the girls' division. So got to be trending in the right direction. For most people mm-hmm. that don't know about that tournament, it's it, the field is kind of small. It's not the typical uh, junior golf tournament, maybe in size, uh, definitely in stature. It is one of the biggest ones in the country, but talk to me a little bit about Sage. Cause that is, right. there's a lot. It's not just the golf. That's a very special yeah. place. No, it's definitely, it's a super special tournament. I know. And it's kind of an event that everybody talks about and looks forward to playing. Um, cause it's just not like your average junior event. Uh, you stay in the cabins, like, on property and they treat you like royalty and it's almost kind of like um you can compare it kind of to like a tour experience um which is kind of what it kind of what it feels like you know there's no parents there to just guide you around and you know tell what tell you what to do all week and um yeah I think I mean we play some pretty good golf obviously it's a super nice golf course um but yeah and then you know obviously they have like the par 3 course and all of your friends are there and so after the golf you know you get to hang out with your friends all week and so it's kind of just like a it's definitely it's just a super nice tournament where it's not really all about the golf and it's more about you know like the community and the atmosphere and you know the people that surround you and yeah so i think that's what kind of makes it so special it's just not all about golf 
Yeah, it kind of looks like golf camp. And then they're like, all right, well, during the day, you're going to play a tournament. But then we have all these activities in the evening. And, and, the, and the par three course is lit. Yeah, I, and when no, I say lit, I'm not trying to be cool and, and young. I'm just saying it, there's lights, okay? There's there's lights involved. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. Oh. Okay, good. Just yeah, make, no. make sure I'm on the same page here. So um, the, the games in the evening on the par three, that just probably becomes the most entertaining part of the tournament. It definitely does. Like once, like in the beginning, um, few days when we're there, cause we're there for, you know, like eight days, I think. Yeah. And so the beginning part of the tournament, you know, it's kind of a hit, you know, everybody's out there. And then like on the last day, you know, it's open till like one o'clock in the morning. So everybody's out there and my group, we had about like six or seven people and, they all wanted to play for money. So I lost a bunch of money on the par three course. Um, mm. We won't talk about it though. No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, it's definitely, it's a super fun thing for sure. Um, and then, you know, there were a few activities out there where they had Nike night and Tom Kim came out and we had a par three contest with him, which was super cool. Um, but yeah, I think they definitely, they definitely do a good job in keeping us entertained. <laughs> yeah, and Tom Kim, I mean, he's probably what, maybe four years older than you, which is just that's uh, yeah, yeah that's, like that's, three. That's, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like, yeah, between all the kids in the field, he's probably like two to five years older than all of us, which <laughs> so, is literally insane. <laughs> that's funny. So they, they they bring in this is common the junior invitational, especially with uh, with I know Nike's involvement. They normally bring in a uh, right. You know, Scotty Scheffler. I know Rory's been right. there in the past. But what does what does a Tom Kim say to the the Anna Davises and the Aldridge Potguiders, uh, you know, who won the the, yeah. the boys side? What could he possibly share with with you guys? Like, was he trying yeah. to act like an adult? But but probably like like he's probably like, let's just go play the part three. Why why do you want to talk to me? No, literally. Um, no, that's funny. I think. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't say much that was like <laughs> super like of importance to me where like I took out like something big right um but I don't know yeah I was kind of thinking the same thing like they brought him in and I was like this kid's literally like he's a child still <laughs> like, right like, you know um but I thought it was I mean I think it's super cool that he you know went pro at 15 or I think he said he went pro at 15 and now you see him you know, winning on tour, which is super cool. And I don't think it's a very common thing for the men on tour. Right. So it's kind of, it's kind of cool to like hear that experience. Um, Cause you just don't really hear it often, you know? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Well, yeah. you mentioned that uh, at Sage, there's no parents around telling you what to do or, right. or saying, Hey, we're doing this. Now you are technically not the first Davis to be a guest on the back of the range. Last year, we did the Magnolia Memories series. It was a three-part podcast series, just kind of recapping everything about last year's Augusta National. And right before right. you closed out the series in episode three, or part three, your dad uh -huh. was on the podcast. I got to speak with the legend, Bill Davis. And, right. uh, and you know, we're going to talk about you and your worldly travels and, and your title defense. We'll talk about that later. That's not important right now. Uh -huh. but how, uh, how is your dad? How is Bill Davis? How has he, how has his year been? Uh, just mm -hmm. being the father of, of, a Augusta national women's amateur champion. How, how's he holding um, up? 
you know, I think it's been, it's been very busy for him. And I think it, um, I don't know, it's definitely been very stressful because he's the person who, you know, takes care of all the travel and the food and, you know, um, gone to many different places. So, you know, booking the flights and booking the hotels and stuff, you know, in foreign countries is a little difficult sure. um, when it's your first time doing it. Right. And of course, like I don't help him because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so I kind of feel bad, but I just like put it all on him. So it's uh-huh. a little stressful for him, but I think it was cool for my dad to be able to watch me play in, you know, in Scotland and, you know, wherever else I played. And I think it was kind of always like a, a dream of his to watch me do that. So I think I think he had fun with it, which is good. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a busy, stressful year for him. Because <laughs> I remember sitting next to him in your press conference after you won, mm-hmm. and he kind of had this look on his face and after talking to him a little bit. And then, of course, when we had the conversation, uh, on the on the podcast episode, he was like, "I think something's about to happen here. I don't quite know what it is, but, <laughs> but yeah, things are now." He also said that I think you traveled by yourself to junior tournaments. You started doing that when you were fifteen. Right. I'm I'm just thrilled to hear that you allowed him to come along when you went to Scotland and went to all these <laughs> places. I mean, that's that's really nice uh, that you'd invite your your, your dad. That's so funny because I literally like said the same thing. I was like, "You should be happy that." I even let you come to all of oh, these tournaments. God. Like, I, can't I, I gave you, I gave you a ticket. Like, what you... <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, now how I know we're, we're joking about this, but I know that after you won, you were very much, and even he alluded to it. He was like, yeah, when, when she plays, whether she wins or loses, she takes what she learned or takes the trophy in, in some cases and, and is like, all right, what's next? Let's go. But Looking yeah. back over the last year, can you at least kind of see, like, maybe, I know you're mentally in a, in a space where you're moving towards the next thing and you're you're building right. on your career, but when you mm-hmm. look at how much this is, like, affected, I mean, obviously very positively, but what it's meant to your family, can you at least sit back and, and right. kind of recognize, like, oh my gosh, this is really a thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think, like... I think over, like, the past, like, few months, it took, like, a while to process, like, you know, like, what I was doing and, like, how, like, you know, if I looked at any other person who was, like, in my shoes and I saw what they were doing, like, what I was doing, I feel like I would have been, like, that is literally the coolest thing ever. Like, that is, like, good for you. Like, (laughs) that's, you know, to, like, do it as a 16-year-old. But, yeah, I don't, yeah, I think... It just took a while to, like, process, um, like, what I was doing and, like, how, you know, even if I was, like, disappointed in, like, how I played, just the fact that I was there is, you know, kind of, like, a, a big step, like, in the right direction. And, yeah, I don't know. I think I just have, like, I do have the mindset of, you know, what's next? Like, what am I going to do after this? Um, but I just, I think on, when I was playing, like, in tour events, um I just tried to have like the mindset of you know just like enjoy what you're doing here because you know you're not gonna be doing you're not gonna it's gonna it's gonna you're gonna go back to reality soon so just enjoy what you're doing now because um it's pretty damn cool yeah and and also you know I know that you do have professional aspirations at some point all these pro (laughs) tournaments that's gonna be your reality they're not gonna be 
I mean, it's going to be a job. It's just not going to have exactly. the special shine to it as, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's going to come a day where you're going to show up at these tournaments and you're, um, I mean, a talented player, but you're just going to be another one of the players in the field and no one's going to be coming up. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, that that will be yeah. a reality at some point. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it won't. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Um, and I tried to keep like kind of that in mind as well when playing where like, you know, this tournament is actually going to like matter, you know, I'm going to be playing for money. And yeah, I think, I don't know. I think, yeah, it's definitely a good point. But mm-hmm. Well, I teased this episode on, on social, not, uh, not Anna Davis, you know, Augusta national women's amateur champion. I, um, I had a little fun with you because why not? Uh, I teased it as saying, um, you know, this is this episode's featuring Billy Davis's sister. So, um, <laughs> Bill, your your twin brother is um, he? Man, I was there when he was just like so close to winning Jones Cup Junior in December. Right. Um, curious, are you two like? Are you just refreshing Golf Stat or Golf Genius nonstop when he's playing? And is he doing the same thing with you? Um. Yeah, I don't, I get nervous when he plays. Okay. Like, I don't like watching. <laughs> no, that's a total, that's a total yeah. sibling thing. That makes perfect yeah, sense. No, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just don't really like, I'll usually like wait till he's done with the round or like I'll text him, but I just hate like looking at the leaderboard. I don't know why. It just like, it just makes me nervous the entire time. But I know that he's kind of like the opposite, I think. And he just like he just likes to refresh it and see what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I think, but I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, he's definitely he's watched me like play in a few events. You know, he watched me play Anwa last year, and like I remember him saying because I know at Anwa last year, like I gave myself like five to six footer on like every hole for par. Yeah, that's and fun. he was saying how yeah, you know, like <laughs> that's the best way to yeah. play golf. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, and he just said like, yeah, I, I was literally so nervous. Like, I couldn't even, I couldn't even watch you hit like most of your shots today. <laughs> so, I think we both feel kind of the same way when um, the other is playing. Yeah, that uh, that that makes total sense. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you both are committed to play your college golf at Auburn, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. a that's a lot of time with your brother. Um, right <laughs> now, when you when you did that. I mean, was this kind of a independent thing or did you guys both kind of plan this, um, plan your travel together to go talk to the respective coaches at Auburn or how was that process? Kind of at like the beginning of the summer is when we could start talking to coaches and my brother was super interested in Auburn. And during the summer, you know, the Auburn coaches came in, visited us because they do kind of like house visits. Some of the Southern schools do that. And so they came and my brother really liked them. And I wasn't really talking to colleges yet. Like, I wasn't really focused on that. Um, but then I started to talk to Auburn Women's Golf because my brother was so interested in them. And I was like, well, they probably have a pretty good deal going on. And so um, my brother was the one who planned to visit first. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I'll go on a visit. And I was just like, can I go on the same visit that my brother's going on? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that's cool. And they're like, yeah, that's cool come along and you know I went and we both ended up really liking it um you know we went to the visit and literally did not want to leave and um yeah I mean 
it was just like everything you know the environment their little town is amazing it's mm-hmm. just like a nice little college town and the facilities are great and you know, there's multiple golf courses and the coaches are amazing and literally just everything about the school and you know of course like in the sec all the sports and especially football um is super big and so we went to like a we went to a basketball game when we were there we went to a football game and you know just every, like the whole experience was you know super fun and we both really liked it and what you know the deal that they had going on and so my brother was the one who committed first and i was still you know i was still deciding um what i wanted to do and you know i, I was going back and forth in my head um but then i decided to i literally committed like a few days after him and it wasn't necessarily planned but we were both kind of looking at the same schools, actually, which is, I don't know how that worked out, or like how that, you know, ended up being, but yeah, I don't know, we just both ended up really liking Auburn, and so that's where we decided to go. Nice. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily, yeah, it wasn't really like, a, oh, like Billy's going there, like I want to go there now, because right. that just, you know, <laughs> I don't think any sibling thinks that. Maybe they do. <laughs> well, I, I, I can't do. <laughs> I, I can't help but notice it's really far away from California. Um, I couldn't mm-hmm. help but notice that. And I think when I talked to you last year in the episode, and mm-hmm. you're saying how you're getting ready to start with your college recruiting process, right. I said, I, and I want to I want to see if I'm correct here. I said, boy, I, I can only imagine how many college golf coach, coaches are going to show up wearing a bucket hat and, <laughs> and just like, you know, or, or bucket hats going to be given to you with the school logo. So am I right? Or was my prediction right? Um, oh my gosh, honestly, like I'm being honest, a lot of, well, okay. You know, actually I didn't play very many junior events after Anwa. So a lot of coaches, you know, weren't following me. Right. And then, um, you know, and then, like, the next junior event that I played was Rolex, but I literally committed, like, a few days before Rolex. So okay. everybody was kind of like, oh, okay. So, no, I think, no, I your prediction wasn't right. Oh. But, <laughs> but, but I promise, like, you would have been right if I did play a junior tournament or an amateur tournament right. before. So you, so you basically <laughs> just kind of went dark and went into hiding after you won Anwa is basically what you're saying. Yeah, I did. Nice. I, yeah, I did. that makes yeah. sense. So, so you're you verbally committed, and you have friends. Um, so, yeah, you have friends on different sides. So, you have, mm-hmm. you have uh, I know you're close with Alexa Pano. She did not go to right. college. She's playing professionally right now, and, right. and doing great. And then you have mm-hmm. friends that, you know, there are you know uh, colleagues in in the same realm. Like you know, we think about Rose Zhang, where she's really you know entrenched in Stanford, and it sounds like at right. least for now she'll probably be there uh, another year, maybe maybe two more years. And then I know you're close to Megagane. She's a teammate of Rose's, mm-hmm. and and sounds right. like she's still at at, at at thinking about the college. So um, you know, yeah. Mari Avery. I mean, you can. There's both ends mm-hmm. of the spectrum. Do you try right. and stay? independent and not maybe pick their brains either way or are you kind of taking in information from all sorts of amateurs in in kind of in the same spot maybe a couple years ahead of you thinking yeah all right well yeah so talk to me about how you kind of filter information in about what you want to do next right um well you know obviously well okay there was like a big decision on you know whether I wanted to go pro or whether I wanted to go to college right and 
um, I was very back and forth for a few months. I'll say that. And I really didn't like, I really just didn't know what I wanted to do. Cause there's, you know, there's pros and cons to each. Sure. And, you know, I picked Alexa's brain and we talked about it and, um, obviously she's going to be biased. <laughs> sure. Yeah. She's <laughs> because, like, come on know, with me. We'll go, tra- yeah. we'll go travel the world. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, she'll be a little biased about it, but you know, um, then, you know, I talked to mega or I talked to, you know, some of my college friends or, you know, girls that, you know, who just went to college and I picked their brains about it and I picked their brains about like the school and whether I would want to go there or not. Um, and just kind of like that. But, you know, for me, like I never really wanted to go to a California school at all. And a lot of my friends go to California schools. So it's a little so I didn't really have very many people's like brains to pick about, you know, going to school in the SEC, going to school in the ACC. And so I think that was kind of, that's just kind of, I looked at two schools there. I looked at LSU and I looked at Auburn. And I don't know, I think ever since, like I were, like ever since like I was thinking about college and where I would want to go, the SEC was kind of like a big place for me. Cause I don't know. I just wanted something different than California. Um, I'm just kind of like, okay, I've been there, done that. Like, let's let's look at something different. And I've always kind of liked the South, and I've always kind of liked the East Coast a little bit more than I like San Diego. It's just a little too busy for me. And so, like, the town of Auburn just being, like, so quiet and so, you know, calm and peaceful yeah. <laughs> um, is something that, you know, like, I really liked just because I've grown up in a busy city. And um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, I picked some people's brains, but it was just – couldn't really pick very many people's brains on you know the schools in the south and the east coast but and then also at some point it it, it could be an overload of information and then yeah you're, exactly. and then you're more cluttered and lost than when you started so yeah um, now we're gonna we're gonna i need to to even the score here on alexa pano's episode we we did delve into this story where uh, we had a little had a little incident with incident with Alexa. She told the story of how <laughs> she was coming out of surgery, not serious, just wisdom teeth. She was coming out of getting her wisdom teeth removed, and while she was still groggy and confused, which tends to happen when they put you under for that sort of thing, somehow you got on the phone with her and convinced her in her in her you know, a confused state that Taylor Swift had died, which caused her right. to spiral into uh, a, right. just a, a, a vortex of, of misery. And then I decided that the perfect phrase at that point was to say that Anna Davis is a monster. <laughs> so a monster, you're right. not a monster. I apologize. I know that's just awful, right. but I feel that at least I owe you an opportunity to kind of tell a story when Alexa Pano has been just as vicious to you so i kind of feel that i need to do you a solid make it i don't want i want to cause issues with the women of amateur and collegiate golf um so go ahead the floor is yours you are now able to share an equally awful story when alexa pano was a monster to you no okay this is really bad i like i should have like prepared myself for this but, like, I can promise you, like, she is equally or, like, more mean to me than I am to her. Like, okay. I can promise that. Like, she she really picks on me. It's so rude. Um, she's like a bully. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't think of one, which is bad. 
like there's all there's like a bunch of like little stories but there isn't like a big one of right. like nothing terrible yeah, nothing, like God, nothing yeah know? nothing like, as terrible as what you did is what you're saying right exactly i'm a terrible person okay yeah um <laughs> well we have we have more to talk about we have more to talk about during this episode so if something rattles into your brain that yeah, you can yeah exactly. okay well then I'm, then we'll just we'll just put a pin in that one we'll come back to it um Perfect. all right so anwa we're not going to talk about the entire tournament uh obviously mm-hmm. because um you know we'll we've done that and and many people right. have done that but you know your final round 69 <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. you know, you posted at, at minus one and it held up mm-hmm. and, um, you, you have that one shot victory over stone and Lindblad, anyone mm-hmm. that wins a major, um, you know, professional ranks, men, women, mm-hmm. anyone, you know, the, the common phrase is their life is going to change. Well, for a 16 right. year old junior golfer, um, that was really winning a major. So yeah. you had all these opportunities to play in the women's British, to play in France, mm-hmm. at the Evian, play yeah. in Canada. How has the last year been in with regards to the challenges, managing time, travel? Right. So what have you learned about maybe that life and yourself over the last few months? Yeah. Um, well, it definitely causes you to like um, mature a little bit more and, you know, be a little more independent. Um, and so I just like I remember like there's definitely like a few instances where just like everything went wrong. And I remember we were in we were in France after the Evian and we had to take a train to we were literally gonna take a train to Scotland. And so yeah, we were like, we're not gonna fly, we're gonna take a train. Because I had like a week in between the Evian and the British Open. So we take a train and it just happens that all of the train stations are going on strike. So it was a little hard to, you know, um, get a ticket. And I just remember, like, we'd have to take the metro. And we kept going back and forth between, like, stations on a metro. And then we got stuck in London um, for a night because we just, like, there were no, like, um, there were no trains to Edinburgh. And so... It was just like, it was a whole mess. And I had no idea to help my dad because he was like, he's going crazy. And we're trying to find like right. a way to get to Edinburgh. And it ended up being like a two or three day thing. I think it was two. I think three days would have been like crazy. Um, but I think it was like a two day trip to Edinburgh. And yeah, I mean, it was crazy. I feel like I could have helped a little bit more, but I really just didn't know how. And <laughs> so there, there were like instances like that where just like things were going wrong and yeah, it was definitely a little difficult, but uh, let me think of more. There definitely, I mean, on the golf side too, um, I think for me, what was like super difficult and kind of like a first time thing was, you know, trying to make the cut every week. Um, right. I never really had like that experience before where, you know, you're just already you're already put in like a pressure situation like the first and second day which doesn't really like happen when there isn't a cut you know and so I remember in my first LPGA um I was definitely I just remember feeling very exhausted um going into the event and it was in PV it was in Los Angeles so not far from home but I just remember having a super busy week before that I'd basically like just come off annual like 
two or three weeks um, before. And so I remember being very tired. And the first day I played all right. And just the second day, I was just really struggling, like on the back nine, I was just trying to keep going. Right. And then, you know, I think I was maybe like two off the cut, maybe one or two off the cut line at that point. And I was still very close, but like, I literally just didn't feel like, I just didn't feel like all there. And I didn't feel like I was going to play my last few holes very well. And then, you know, like something, something clicked in my brain and I was like, you know what? All right. Like we gotta, we gotta do something big here. If you want to make the weekend, like we're gonna, you know, it was just like stuff like that. That was a little, um, that was a little hard, like mentally because I'd never really had to go through that. And then, you know, my final three holes, I go, eagle birdie par and make the cut by one or two and um it was just like just never had really been in that situation and you know situations when I was put in those situations that kind of made me want to think about going to college you know a little more because I you know I've completely skipped out on the amateur portion of golf and you know being put in those situations and having to perform well comes with experience I think um and, you know, I haven't been like I think back on my golf career so far and I've never really been put in, you know, a situation like that. You know, like at Anwa, um, I wasn't in the pressure pressure situation there at all. You right. know, I got done with my round and I just had to sit and watch. Um, so it's just things like that where I just felt like I need more like ex- I just need more like experience in certain situations in golf. Um because, you know, I would I would really be feeling the pressure there, like trying to make the cut, um, you know, in those first few events. And that's kind of where I was like, you know, maybe I do maybe I do need college. Maybe I do need, you know, a little more time in like this part of golf than just going straight to, you know, professional golf. And that's kind of like what I realized, too, like why I wasn't playing so well on tour it's just because I was intimidated by the fact that, you know, all of those, all of the pros have, you know, tons more experience than I do, you know, in those situations and in those tournaments, um, which is like something that made me realize I don't want to just go, you know, straight to professional golf, like raw. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. And it's, so. it's really well said because you're, you're not like you, you just, what you talked about right there it's not so much that you're talking about your how your golf swing stacks up with a Jessica Corda or how right. your putting stroke stacks up against a Daniel Kang. What you're right. basically saying is there's a lot that goes on outside yeah. of just hitting a golf ball as a professional mm-hmm. golfer. And of mm-hmm. course you haven't been around that yet. And man, I mean, you're doing it as an exemption uh, or you're getting these opportunities based on what you've, you've done as a junior golfer and your win in Anwa. But right. at some point, this is going to be a job. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's very, it's very interesting that you said that because it's just, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot that goes on and they're used to managing yeah. all that outside. No, I mean, the outside noise probably was the biggest challenge for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I know. I remember a def- like a different kind of I know I remember going into the US Open and that's kind of when I had like all of my um I had all the attention, I had all yeah. of, you know, the quote unquote fame. And I just remember feeling like so nervous and like I put so much like pressure on myself and I was like feeling like 
pressure from, you know, the outside people, which, you know, I never felt before because I wasn't really, I wasn't the center of attention at a lot of different tournaments that I played in. And so coming off that win and now having all of the attention in, you know, the amateur part of golf and then being an amateur in the U.S. Open, there was just a lot of like pressure to do well. And I just like couldn't help but like let that like get to my mental when I was playing. And I just remember I just remember being like so like stressed out that week just because I felt like I had to play well to please everybody else. And I think that was kind of a hard thing, but I got over it pretty quickly um, because I was just like, you know what, like I'm just going to go golf my ball and it doesn't matter what (laughs) the other people are saying or what they think about, you know, my golf game or whatever. And, you know, there weren't any negative comments or anything like that. Um, But I think I just kind of had to turn, like, the pressure into just thinking, you know, like, these people believe in me and they think I'm going to do well. And, you know, they're not going to, (laughs) like, shun me if I do Right, right, of course. (laughs) You know? And so I was just kind of stuff like that that I struggled with. And then I ended up playing really poorly at the U.S. Open. Um, and that's when I was like, you know what, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't need to think about that stuff when you're playing. No. Um, <clears throat> so that was, that was another thing. That was a Well, little, it sounds, it sounds like the last year has been just an incredible learning experience. I know that's a very, you yeah, know, that's a, sure. I know that's, a, that's something that old people say, but I mean, it's, uh, it, no, sound, it's true. it sounds like yeah. you got a lot out of it because really you and I have not talked at all about scores. <laughs> I mean, really it doesn't matter like what you shot. Yeah. Who, that, that doesn't matter about anything. It's just like, yeah. you, it sounds like you got out. Now we, we skipped, I, you, again, you were France, Scotland and, um, and, and Canada. And Canada. Those mm-hmm. were your three international experiences, I believe. Right. What's the right. best, what's the best hang? I know the golf is the golf, but the one place that you're like, all right, I, you know, down the road, I, I want to come back here because this, I mean, obviously they can't all be like a Sage Valley hang, but um, right. what was the best hang? Um, okay. I think the tournament that I enjoyed the most was Evian. I okay. mean, it was my first time, it was my first time going overseas okay. and, you know, France is beautiful. Evian is beautiful. Um, I stayed in like this really nice cottage. Um, and yeah, it, it was just like, it was just perfect. Like it was just a perfect week and it was a lot of fun. It was good golf. And I got to play with a bunch of really good players and, you know, every day we would walk downtown and we would have dinner by the water and it was just very nice. And like, I was kind of just imagining myself, like, you know, doing that kind of stuff with say like Alexa, you know, and, you know, like playing in these tournaments with, you know, my best friend and being able to have that experience together would be super cool. And so, um, that was, that was definitely like a tournament that I had a lot of fun at. Um, but yeah, I think down the road, I'm very excited for that one. That is for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about another lefty who is a mutual friend. So we're going to talk about our (laughs) buddy, a titleist. Obviously, you play Titleist clubs, and, um, right. and we have a mutual lefty friend of ours, Nick Geyer. He was there helping you get dialed in while you were doing some publicity for Titleist. Have you right. have you seen his action? I know it can be sometimes intimidating to play golf with other lefties. <laughs> um, I've seen his action. He's a, he's a very established mid-am. Um, right, you know, right. I, I, I remember you saying in that, uh, in that piece that they did that you started playing blades at an early age. 
do you mm-hmm. two compare notes? I know, I know he's not playing blades. I mean, come on, only only <laughs> only, only crazy people play blades. Um, but yeah, so so when explain the process of him kind of getting you dialed in with your equipment and how how that relationship right. has grown. Um, okay, well, I did first play golf with him. Uh, isn't it? It was actually like right before the publicity like photo shoot stuff. Right. And it was at like Trump National in LA. I don't really know what it's called. It was at Trump National though. And um, yeah, I didn't know he was left-handed, but I'm pretty sure he probably beat me that day. I wouldn't be surprised. I didn't know he was like, I didn't know he was like a good mid-am too. Yeah. And then like he started playing golf and I was like, wait. <laughs> You're not just the titleist fitting yeah. guy. You're actually yeah, a stick. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I think no, we don't really compare notes. Um no, don't really have like that kind of relationship. But um we definitely we're definitely very playful. Like I just let him, you know, do whatever. Um it's funny, I literally just went down there for a fitting before sage and we have like i have this thing where i just don't clean my clubs because oh, i'm lazy god anna right are you, serious? Are you one of, oh my god, god one of those i know and every single time i go to tpi he has to clean my clubs <laughs> and he makes the joke that every single time i go to tpi that's like the only time my clubs get clean and yeah it's pretty bad but it's all right but anyways I went down there and um you know my clubs weren't clean and you know I never cleaned my 58 so she didn't have any grooves and (laughs) I needed to get a new one and I couldn't think of any stamps to get on the back of my wedges and I was like you know what Nick like put whatever you want like whatever you want (laughs) to put on my wedge and now my the back of my wedge looks like lucky charms um it's it's pretty interesting it looks like a rainbow back there but i think i'm gonna keep doing that pretty funny that's actually Um, that's better than i thought i would i would i was gonna say um i i would think he would stamp it that just it would just say anna please clean me or something like that (laughs) oh my god that's a good one i actually have to save that all right i'm gonna put that on my next one (laughs) yeah if dirty please clean or um yeah something like that yeah no, I'm gonna keep that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's what we do here. Just helping out, you know, world class, you know, amateur players with their club uh, cleaning. Oh God, uh, he must lose his mind when he sees you show no. up. He's like, "All right, let's." He definitely does. Oh my god. I'm definitely, I'm definitely a handful sometimes, but it's all right. Yeah. No, that, he that... does. Sorry. Good. Good. No, he does a good job. And, you know, the title is Fitzroy people. They treat me very well and they, they know what they're doing. And so, you know, Nick, he um, he puts up with me. So, you know, <laughs> he's at, a nice guy. At some, <laughs> at some point, you are going to need to learn how to travel and do this stuff yourself. That ha- You do realize that, right? Like at some point, no, you're going to need to learn how to function. <laughs> No, I I can function. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, we're gonna get you out of here on one final thing. You are, you are the first uh, Augusta National Women's Amateur Champion that is also mm-hmm. a member of the Chicken and Waffles Club. Oh right. Yeah, and um, you know we we had this get together last year uh, before Anwa where we, where uh, many of the ladies that were playing we met up at the brunch house of Augusta 
and mm-hmm. it was a small crew, but you were in that crew and uh, you have wow. started a trend now. So we are, <laughs> we are one for one. Now, the Masters champion every year gets to host a champion's dinner the, the year mm-hmm. after they win and they get to set the menu. I think Scheffler's going just like full barbecue and, and yeah, I he's, saw that. Yeah, he's going right. full. Yeah, full, full yeah, full, full artery clogging barbecue for all the uh, Masters <laughs> champions. Um, there, there isn't anything like that set for the Anwa champions. But since I am the right. chairman of the Chicken and Waffles Club, <laughs> I I will allow you not to set your own menu at the brunch house, but I will allow you to make any special requests. So before we uh, cut this episode and before I see you next week. And Anwa, is there anything you would like at the Chicken and Waffles Club meeting this year? Jeez. I don't know. See, I'm weird because we went to no, that. Uh, yeah, we no, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I think everyone yeah. understands that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we went to that brunch place and <laughs> me and Alexa got pasta. Yeah. We didn't get chicken and waffles. So I think, like, I have to make a special request that, you know, we have, like, a lot of pasta. Like, people need to be eating pasta. They can't just eat chicken and waffles. I understand. They're going to have to be, like, shoving it down their throats. Like, they need to they need to eat pasta, not just chicken and waffles. Well, I will we'll make sure that there is pasta on the menu, and uh, we'll, we'll get that. For, so, really, I'm just going to give you a bucket of spaghetti and be like, all right, play well. I mean, that's really it? <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. Weird. Well, maybe not bucket, but that's that's kind of weird. But um, all right, so just pasta. That's all. That's all the champ needs. Just yeah. just pasta and, yeah. and a jar. Pasta and chicken and waffles. You can't go wrong. Yeah, that sounds like your. That sounds like a. That's a, that's a lot, but that's okay. All right, so Anna, I appreciate you taking some time. I know it's been busy, mm-hmm. but we are rapidly no approaching our. Uh, our time at Augusta and look forward mm-hmm. to seeing you at, uh, at the, the chicken and waffles club meeting and, uh, also mm-hmm. your title defense. So very exciting and, uh, yeah. glad the last year has been so, uh, so great for you. And, uh, we'll see you at Augusta. Thanks for stopping by the back of the range. Thank you. See you soon. And there you have it. Special thanks to Anna Davis for joining me on this episode of the back of the range. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. I'll be here for the entire Augusta National Women's Amateur, so follow along on social media, and we'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.